Sonia and Sasha, for real. Listen to Bring Back Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for Real Show. We're back for another big, exciting show. Sasha, how are you going? Oh, I am excited. I've got something for you, Sonia. Oh, <gasps> I've got something for you. Tell me what is it. I need some excitement in my life. Okay. So you like lollies, right? Love lollies. Love lollies. Okay. So the other day on Instagram, I brought these little pack of, they're called weathers or something. Weathers or? Weathers. Weathers. I don't even know what they're called. Yes. Right? And I bought them from Elder. Butterscotch lollies. Butterscotch. Yeah. And they've got no sugar. I bought them. I bought them one day. Bought them the next day. Bought them the next day. So three days I'm oh. in LD last oh. week, which really shows a, a, a big life, okay? <laughs> My son gets in the car and says, Mum, what are you doing eating these? Oh. Old people only eat these. Oh. I'm like, really? Old people? I had no idea that there was a lolly consumption of age. Yes. So I thought, mm, okay, let's see. I was, you know, a couple of days it was going by, I was looking at it thinking, oh, I started to feel a little bit embarrassed. I thought maybe someone might look in my car and go, oh, this is a person, an old person's car or it's something a grandma, like that. A grandma drives a this grandma's car, yeah. driving or something or somebody might see me and then start to judge me on my lolly consumption. Yeah. Anyway. I wonder, so, I wonder where your cardigan is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So <laughs> what I did was I took a photo of it and I put it on my social media I am not joking. Nuts with people's opinions. People's <laughs> opinions on whether it was an old person's lolly. I could not believe it that something like this could spark so much interest. There were okay. so many young people that ate this lolly. Oh, they do. Okay. So it's not an old. It, so it's what was the consensus old, of opinion after that? Was it an old person's lolly or a young person? I can't believe this is how we start the show, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's classified, I'd say, as an all-rounder. There was not, oh. there was only a few people that went, I completely agree with your kids, and they were strong. Like they were not oh. going to let it go. But okay. it came back that this old person's lolly really is almost a teenage lolly. Okay. I don't know. Do they know this? Do they know? know. We're, I've done some oh. market research. So what I thought I would do is I'm going to, so fast game's a good game, okay? Yeah. I'm going to name ready. a lolly to you and you need to quickly give me a snapshot of the kind of person you think is going to buy it and eat it. Okay. Up for All it. right. I am so ready we're for gonna this. We're going to start light. We're going to start gonna light. we hungry. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go hard. Okay. All right, ready? We're going to go. Thank you. You're listening to the Sonia and Sasha for Real Show and uh, I'm about to I'm about to have a quiz of my lifetime. I'm, I'm under pressure. This is okay. the name that person who's going to eat that lolly. Name game. that person. Okay, old, young, male, female, like if you think they've got a vibe, whatever. Okay. okay. Orange right, Tic Tacs. Orange Tic Tacs. Orange Tic Tacs. That's a five-year-old in the supermarket with sticky hands and uh, begging me to put that in the basket. Okay, butter menthols. Butter menthols, uh, old, old, uh, old person in a car that's got a slight <laughs> sneeze <laughs> driving to Aldi <laughs> in a Volvo. Um, blue yep. Mentos, Blue Mentos. Blue Mentos. Blue Mentos is a professional speaker who's had a, <laughs> um, a bit of a hard week and had a lot of gigs to speak at and needs a bit of lubrication of the vocal cords before they get out <laughs> on the stage. May or may not have red hair, just saying. <laughs> Lifesavers. 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 Volkswagen, surfboard, um, dirty hair, uh, puts that in before they kiss the the cute surfy boy. Okay. All right. Fisherman's friend. Fisherman's friend? Yeah. I think you're dead if you're eating fisherman's (laughs) friends. (laughs) 
okay, fruit and nut cabbage chocolate. You give somebody that they, they're trying to bring them back to life. If, you, if they're, they're already dead, you chuck one of those in their mouth and they spring back because it's so potent. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, like the uh, that tablet that you give someone when they've had a heart attack and you put it under the yeah, tongue. That's, that's what I'm saying. A bit of aspirin <laughs> under the tongue. That's, like okay. that's like the lolly version of aspirin uh, heart palpitation. It's a defibrillator <laughs> in a lolly. That's what it is. Okay, fruit and nut cabri. That's me. Oh, that's, that's me. That's, oh, I, no. I have that in my fridge currently and at all times. Wagon wheels. Wagon wheels is a uh, wagon wheels is like a lunchbox kind of deal. It's a lunchbox. If yeah, it's a kid. It's a kid. It could be anywhere between five and and fifteen. Okay. All right. A Twix. Who buys a Twix? No one buys a Twix. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Twix is from a Seinfeld oh, episode okay. where the mechanic, George is trying to get something out of the machine. He wants a Twix bar. He's starving. He can't stand it. He's starving. He wants a Twix bar. He puts the money in. The Twix comes to within a centimetre of its life and just hangs on the machine. Oh, doesn't I remember come out. that. Yes, yes, and then yes. the mechanic comes in and steals the Twix and shoves that little Twix in his mouth and walks away with a little jaunty Okay, walk. so mechanics, mechanics. Mechanics eat Twixes. Okay. They've um, stolen from George Costanza. Vanilla drumsticks. <laughs> oh, vanilla drumsticks. Oh, is like, so oh, you just went, you just went a little bit. You're going, oh, <laughs> oh. I think that that is a 45-year-old woman who's on holidays in Sorrento that's trying to bring back a bit of youth. Oh, strawberries and cream. Strawberries and cream is, oh, that's a. Oh, you said you tended to. That was a little bit of not. Yeah, it's like yeah. Well, nice I do. Memories. I do like a strawberries and, cre- and cream. That's the that's the lolly that I eat when I when I'm tricking myself into that it's a it's a better alternative than fruit and nut chocolate for my okay. diet currently. All right, lolly gobble bliss bombs. No one. They're disgusting. Who would oh, you do, don't mess with them. popcorn? Listen to me. Listen to me and listen to me good. You don't mess with popcorn. You don't share popcorn. You don't put stuff on popcorn other than butter and salt and you serve it at Hoyts or Village. You do not mess with popcorn. That's okay. my final All word right. on that. Oreos. Oreos is uh pinstripe suit, um, you know. In, in America and in Target where there's 700 different forms of Oreos. I don't know why pinstripe suit. I just okay. don't know. Where soothers. <laughs> I say soothers and I need to cough. COVID comes through my body. Soothers. That's bizarre. Like if you can say the word soothers and you need to cough, like that is the effect that soothers have old on person. you. Soothers, old person, old person, Lolly. Okay. Cardigan. Peanut brittle. Oh. <laughs> That's somebody who's got dentures and doesn't give a crap about their teeth. <laughs> hubba bubbers. <laughs> hubba bubba. Oh, well, that reminds me of your seminars because you do hubba bubba tricks with all the students. So, yeah, that's a, that's a teenagers. All right. Teenagers uh, go. Chubba chubs. Chubba chubs for everybody. Everybody yeah. loves a chubba chub. What are you talking about? I oh, know. Crunchies. Crunchies, that's um, my daughter's favourite thing in the world. Crunchies, um, that is also sore tongue. So sore tongue. Crunchy means a sore tongue because when you suck the chocolate off and your tongue gets into the honeycomb bits, it, it scratches your tongue a little bit. So anyone with a sore tongue. <laughs> All right. Caramello koala bears. Oh, that's a school, um, that's a sell it for a dollar to raise money for your school, primary school students. Oh. Okay, and I'm going to say the Wrigley's Five Gum, the blue. 
I don't even know what that is. What does it taste like? What's it got? Well, it's it looks like. Can I just say it looks like a packet of condoms? Am I allowed to say? <laughs> looks like. Well, I guess so. Are you allowed to say it? For me, that's a a, a male um, <clears throat> chewing gum that you get in the dashboard, and you go there, and you're like, he's ready for it tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he's yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, now. And what happens if you, you mix up imagine. your condoms and your chewing gum and you well, just take one, the wrong one out of the you wrapper? You get pregnant or a disease, yeah. that's what you get, right? <laughs> but you really got, bad but, you got, but very fresh breath, very fresh breath. Oh, okay. I thought it. A- I want to ask you this now. You're on a date, okay? Yes. You go what? on a date. you got to imagine this. Oh, you Let's imagine. go back you're along, a, back in the day, back in the day, in the day yeah. Back in the day. No, no, no. This is now. You go on a date. Oh, yeah. He picks you up. Yeah. No, he's a random oh. new guy. Oh, okay, random. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. You go on a date with a new guy. He picks yeah. you up for dinner. Yes. You get in the car, and he's got a packet, like a uh, a container of Wrigley's um, extra, but strawberry flavor. Do you continue on the date, or do you get out? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> strawberry flavor. You run for the hills, run for the hills. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Run. Chewing gum is mint. It's minty. It's meant to freshen up your breath. You don't muck around with it. It's like popcorn. You don't mess around with it. A male. That's okay. Hey, I'm all for males having any flavour and rainbow colours and water. There's no gender. It's all fluid. I don't care. But that's a little bit. Don't mess. All what I'm saying, don't mess with chewing gum. Chewing gum is to mint, mint up your breath. Oh. You have that cinnamon crapola. I don't know what the hell. Oh, I can't I even love it. Cinnamon, cinnamon chewing gum is mm. disgusting. I anyway, I've got a question. I loved your game. Thank you. Did Thank you, you like for your letting- game? I did like I that. I really say, like that it. That was very, very fast. You were very good in oh, thinking of all of those. Okay. Out of all those, which one would you buy? You're in a servo. What are you buying? I would buy the. I'd buy the. I'd buy the chewing gum probably. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd buy the chewy. Okay. Yeah, not the strawberry. I don't mind it. And a strawberries and cream. I do like a strawberries and cream. Yeah, like well, every now and then I'll get a bit nostalgic. Oh, it brings me good memories. It a nice time of your life, did it? When I was single, I used to have a Monday night, which was a trashy mag night, and I would um, buy all the trashy mags and buy lollies and sit on my bed living my best single life and I would um, eat stacks of junk food and I would often have a strawberries and cream. So that does remind me of a nice little time moment. in your life. Well, I had no one busting my chops, you know, no children. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah. 700 times an hour. This like is how we, do. we, we love our children. We play games. I've got a question for you, uh, which is along the lines of your is it old or is it not? Yeah. There's a thing trending on the internet right now, and it is if apparently this generation of young people coming up, the Gen Is mm. and the Gen Zs, yeah. and the, 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 believe that if you have your hair parted to the side and you wear skinny jeans, yeah. you're old. What is your opinion about that, Miss Sasha? How skinny Sasha? are the jeans? How skinny well, sk- are you know, jeans? just a skinny anything that's not like a and how like a wide leg and a mum and a mummy mum boyfriend kind of jean. Mm. Side to the side, like mine is currently right now, yeah. parted to the side. Oh no, that's not a part. That's just it's flicked over. It's not <laughs> classified. Like I'm a, I'm a to the side, but it's not like a direct line. <clears throat> It's yeah. Well, apparently harsh. that's what. Apparently they look at us and go, "Look at that chick, well, side part, skinny jeans. She's old." Yeah. She. I would probably say I don't like the skinny jeans look. I'd say take your judgment and stick it in your Wrigley's chewing gum yeah, packet. Yeah, that's yeah. what I say. I don't, I don't well, like I don't it. Know. I wear skinny jeans and I have a side part, so apparently I'm old. That? Love it. Did you think when you were like seventeen or eighteen that thirty was really old? Did you think that? 
that 30 was – no, I didn't think that yeah. 30 was old, but I certainly thought that the age that we are, which is 23 and a half, I is thought old. that our age was yes. old. Like, you know, we're pushing nearly – I know you don't want me to say it, do you? No, we're not saying it. We're not saying it. We're not pushing anything. So that's my thing that I'm going to need therapy for the most as a, as a, as a we, the years go by, Sash, is I'm not very good with the, the whole ageing process. You understand that, right? Well, you, I'm not good with know the weight that. process, so, you know. Well, we're a perfect together, couple. Together, you know. <laughs> I mean, when I first heard of lockdown 35 coming, yes. I straight away wanted to do a drive-through just to – suppress the emotions oh same what did oh my god the do? only thing that got me through last time was sourdough bread big yeah, slabs of it do, and that you was do a good sourdough bread with some bolognese sauce you do <sighs> with chili have, flakes i like that just, when you do that you've just sparked something i have some of that in my fridge right now i might need to do whip you? down to uh, the italian bread place and get some of it but oh, i'll tell you what that's a slippery slope once you start on that slippery slope once you start you're a big double all right we've got a great big show Yes, we do have a show. And do you know what we're going to probably bring in our show next week? What? Our therapist. That's exciting. Yes, I know. I know. She won't tell you any of our secrets, but she'll tell you what to do when you have issues like that. She'll tell you that I've got fat issues. (laughs) She'll tell you we've got many, many issues. Many, many, many issues. Anyway, today's show, who have we got on? Very exciting. Our friend, beautiful Jacob McCoy from the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, you know. Who do we hang out with, Sash? We hang out with some pretty cool people, very, don't, very cool don't people. we? He's so he's going to tell us about the inside. Guy. Oh, he's such a beautiful man. And we, he's got uh, the inside information as to what happened in the NBA bubble and what it's like hanging out with the Milwaukee people, like the superstars, um, the, you know, the number one draft pick, Giannis, and to Kumpo, my son's idol. So we're talking with him. We've got the beautiful Greg Vale, who is uh, an accountant. Mm-hmm. It looks like James Bond a bit, now, don't you reckon? you normally would say, oh, there's an accountant on, it's going to be boring. Not at all. This Not guy all. is fabulous. He's cool. He's exciting. He's, he, he looks damn hot in a suit. Like, he, oh, he looks, looks good in really everything. Good. He's got this great hair. He's a really, really cool guy. Yeah, and he's going to tell us about what to do with our finances and how to make sure that we are okay in this uncertain world at the moment, and he's got some really good information about that. And we have uh, Peter Boll, who is uh, an Olympic runner. Yeah. I mean, do we bring in a good slash Aussie Olympic runner? Sydney slash Aussie, who actually did um, run at the Rio Rio Olympics Olympics, and was supposed to run in the Tokyo Olympics, which, of course, what happened... COVID happened. And we really want to know how people deal with the disappointment of stuff going wrong with COVID, something like that. I mean, that you're working, I mean, our careers fell apart, you know, with COVID. So, but how does someone who's been training, training, training for this one moment and then that moment gets taken away and then we just don't know, like, when is Tokyo going to happen? Because they keep saying it's going to happen, it's not going to happen, it's, you know, da-da-da-da-da. It's kind of like the mask in Victoria. We've got them on, we've got them on. On, on, off, on, off, yeah. So it's really good. So big show. So we've got basketball, finances and running, and we've just talked about food. I think that's all we need in our lives right now, yes? Yep. Perfect. All right, we'll see you after the break. You're listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for Real Show, and we are so happy you're spending your day with us. Sonia and Sasha, for real.
You're listening to Brim Bank Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for Real Show, and we have such a special guest. We're so excited about this one, Sasha, aren't we? This is well, you've Jacob told me McCoy. So much oh. about this guy. He changed your life. Like this he did. was like maximum excitement for you. Oh he goodness. literally did. He literally did. He changed the life of my whole family. And so, all right, let me do the intro. I know Sasha's heard this story a million gazillion times. Sorry, because I say it a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. Tell me, it excites me still. The fact that I keep getting to hear it because I can't believe we're actually in front of you this guy that um, made my friends so happy. I know, I know. This was like another level of happiness. So um, a long time ago, my husband started following uh, a player called Giannis Antetokounmpo and he is um, a Greek uh, uh, basketball player and he was really young and he was such a superstar when he was really young. So he was following, 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 following. And so because he was following him, he made our son, Christian, who is also a basketball player, junior coming up, you know, plays for the Melbourne Tigers in rep basketball. And we do everything for our children, don't we, Sash? So we worked our butts off and we took the boys on a surprise trip to Milwaukee to the Forum, how do you say it, Pfizer? The Pfizer Forum. Pfizer Forum Stadium in Milwaukee on the same night that Donald Trump had a um, rally going, which was really weird. And then uh, it was the same night. That's right. Yeah. So we were all blocked down and, uh, you know, our mobile phones weren't working and stuff. So we rocked up to the stadium and we told my son, we don't think that we can get into the game. It's sold out, but we might be able to go there and get some merchandise or something. So we took, and he's like, he was a little bit disappointed, but still excited to see all the stuff. So we got to the stadium and my husband pulls out his phone and gets the tickets and clicks us in and Christian nearly fainted on the spot. Like he just could not believe that we were going to see his idol, his team at Milwaukee at the stadium. So we go through and not only did we um, take him to the game, we were also um, you know, we got him a box. So we sat courtside next to the ghost. So, uh, you know, and you know what we like to do, Sash, we love to give our children experiences to make them realise that that it is possible. And so when he was walking into that stadium, he's a few metres from his idol and we're like, he's just over there, mate. You just got to work your butt off and you could be just right next to that man right there. This is how it's done, right? Get this feeling. If you want this in your life, this is how, this is what you need to work towards. And that child did not stop smiling the entire night. And then we had the opportunity to meet. My husband just said to this guy who was near where we were, sitting right behind you. Love your fro brother. And because Jacob's got this mad fro. And all of a sudden we had this great chat going on with this beautiful man called Jacob and he is with us today. He's from the Milwaukee Bucks. He's a freelance uh, event producer. He's a camera utility man. He's a social media administrator king and he's with us today from the Milwaukee Bucks. Mr. Jacob McCoy, welcome to the show. It is such a pleasure to be here. It is so happy. I'm so happy to see your face. Oh, my goodness. It's gorgeous. That night, that is one of the absolute highlights of my career thus far. And I think for the remainder of my career, it will remain highlight. I mean, the... The, the 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 light that your boys' faces had when I was able to bring though those those t-shirts and those those plush toys. Oh my goodness. It was every it you know what we started chatting and then every five minutes Jacob would come back and give them something else. I mean these boys, it was like they were in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or something. Like everything they turned around and everything was just made of, you know, like, like merchandise and Santa. All the, 
Milwaukee, Milwaukee Santa. Santa. My little son <laughs> went in and went, oh, okay, we're going to a basketball game. This is for Christian. Christian gets everything. You know? And then he was standing up. My son, my little one, who was six at the time, was standing like 10 minutes later, standing on a seat with an a, a ice cream sundae in one hand and seven pieces of merchandise in the other hand going, Mom, this is lit. This is the best night of my life. You know? And not only, not only were you guys so close to the court, you were so close to the tunnel where all of the dancers and all of the the cannons and everything is just coming out and you're just a few meters away from it so you guys really got the the prime experience well we got the full deal and you know and we just turned around and started chatting with you and you were just so friendly and so interested in hearing about where we were from and what we were doing and and then you just you know you introduced the boys to the um to the MC you know mm-hmm. you, to the dancers to the yeah. you know, fireworks people and then and then they were on I call it the Megatron but it is not a Megatron I, I understand that's from Transformers it, the Jumbotron so the my, Jumbotron. <laughs> <laughs> my, <laughs> got that one wrong um <laughs> the Jumbotron so or the big there. screen yeah the big screen and yeah. oh my gosh what a night and it was just it was it was because of you. Jacob that we had the most amazing time and so you know I just wanted to keep we wanted to keep in contact with you because your energy was just incredible so how did this all start how did you begin yeah all right so after my father got out of the air force in the late 80s he had done he was in the United States Air Force doing videography and photography oh wow so he yeah he decided to just follow his path because he had fallen in love with it so what he did was he went to a, a a city, he went to a community college here in Milwaukee. Um, and out of, out of all of that, he ended up with um, an, a freelance company that ended up working at, before it was the forum, it was the Bradley Center. So he, he'd been working, he's been working there since about, the early nineties. And, um, he also has been working with several freelance companies, one of which gave me my first big gig, um, mind pool. And we shoot all kinds of festivals and concerts, corporate events, any, every, any and every sport you can think of. I mean, from golf to basketball, to rugby, to volleyball, we shoot it all across everything. And, um, so about three years ago, I guess you could say I was nepotized into the business. I um, <laughs> I, I had to go to school for a couple of years for it, and um, mm-hmm. after that, I um, I can actually remember the day and the date and the time when I got the call from um my director over at Mindpool. I was in um, I was in an editing class, and I get the call and I leave the room, and he's like, "Would you like to come work with us at the forum?" And I almost ran out of school then. <laughs> you should have run out of school. That's awesome. And ever since, ever since September seventeenth, two thousand and eighteen, I have, uh, I have officially been a member of the Mind Pool organization and of the Bucks family. And um, as I was telling you, uh, Sonia, uh, the Bucks recently um, brought us all on as full-time employees for the team. So. Um, they've relegated me to some um, some social media responsibilities and some editing things. And um, until things really open back up here in America, um, I'll just be working for the team from home. 
So yeah. do you have to pinch yourself every time somebody asks you, what do you do for a job? And then you just say, well, this is what I do. Do you have to kind of go, oh, my God, <laughs> this is what I do? Like there's a little voice in your head that goes, are you serious? Is this your resume? This is my real job, yes. And when the world back when the world was open, I would have to pinch myself several times nightly. Like <laughs> I, I, I'd be, I'd be, we'd be out on the court, and I'm standing here, and as close as this laptop is to me, I'd be like, "Wow, that's LeBron James." Yeah. And I'd have to just keep my composure, <laughs> and it, you have to remain as professional as 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 critical as possible because one slip of that cable one missed angle and it's a ruined show oh my god so there's some serious pressure on you because that i mean that's you're talking about dealing with some of the you know the most amazing sporting people in the world and we want to see uh, all those angles musicians as well i've been on stage with i've been on stage with justin bieber billy eilish hansen um Hanson. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, yes. God. Yes. Jacob. Yeah, it, yeah. So you've so, got, you've got all this. Yeah. I'm I'm sitting there with the camera trying not to bob along. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got to talk to you, Jacob. There's a problem with the stillness of your footage. There's a problem. What's going on with is your there, <laughs> No, 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 no. You're grooving too much. You're grooving too much when you're hey, filming. Stop yeah. moving. Stop moving. I'm sorry. I can't help it. You got all that going on. I have so, been I have been told to stop dancing before. Oh happened. well, you know what? The joy in you is just so evident. And so what what is it like when you're standing next to like you know, walking into that stadium for us and just being a couple of meters away from from you know Giannis doing the um you know doing his dance moves for the warm-up and the whoa yes. and, you know all that sort of stuff yes. like, was, yeah, I mean sorry that was so white girl um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um he you know like that's just a nightly occurrence for you and you would have all these stories this background you know what goes on behind the scenes yes I um you find yourself becoming almost a little immune to being in these yeah. people's presence. Like yeah. you almost look at them. People, we, we tend to look at celebrities as deities. They're, mm. they're just hardworking people. So you just have to realize he's, he's performing his craft. She's performing her craft mm. just as you are yours. Yeah, and right. hers is the performance. Yours is making it look as perfect as possible. Yeah. And yeah. then when you can get past that barrier of initial like celebrity status, you, mm you sometimes find yourself opening up dialogue with these people and picking their brains and you get um, an appreciation for watching these people perform their craft at such Mm -hmm. a high level. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that will bring me back down to earth. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when I'm standing on stage with Justin Bieber, I'm still, you know, (laughs) that's still Justin Bieber. That's still Hanson. It's, it's, so yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. so what what like what does it actually feel like to change people's lives and be able to give away all this stuff and create such a fun environment what does that feel like to be able to do that every day like do you go home on this incredible high and not be able to go to sleep i've literally i've literally had nights where i've gone home from bucks games or the home team or the hometown team baseball team the brewers where um i would dress up as a racing a big racing sausage 
sometimes. <laughs> and, so, and then we would go and meet with kids. And like, so these kinds of things, I would have entire car rides back to my house when I could not stop smiling. I would have nights where it would take me hours to fall asleep because I, it's almost a full awareness of this might be this person's only sporting event or concert, make it as memorable as possible for them. And they'll be you'll be imprinted on their brains forever. So try to make an effort to imprint them on your own brain forever. And that's without a doubt what I've done with Sasha and the boys. Yeah, I love that. And so, and the boys. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's we always we get into we're interchangeable. It's completely fine. It's, I'm I've Jacob. My story. brother's Jackson. My my, oh. mom, my mom messed that up this morning at brunch. Yeah. So. And that's I've great. heard that story. This story so much. I actually feel like I was there. So that's okay. You can say mm. it was me and my boys. <laughs> Just so, what do you think would be the next? Like, where is it from now for Jacob? Like, you know, this experience. Like, where do you see? Because you've almost got to this incredible peak of your career at such an Already. early age. So at twenty four, like, yes. Uh, like, where else do you look? Like, what do you? You know, anyone else that offers you a job right now, you'd be like, mm, nah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is that fun? I don't know. Like, oh, what, what else would give you the next high? Like, have you looked at things and thought, you know, this would be the next stage for me? Or, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in that fortunate bunch of people on this earth where I love my hometown and where I come from. But working mm. for the Bucks, I'm like, I could do this for the next 10, 15 years and be perfect. But I will tell you. Um, if ESPN comes calling yeah. and they need an editor or a cameraman, you yeah. best believe goodbye, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Connecticut. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, take me there. Do you know what I love, um, Jacob? Is uh, is when you talk about the Bucks, you you say the Bucks family, and yes. that is exactly what it feels like when you're yes. there and you see the way. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a more cohesive team in terms of getting along with each other and yes. the fun that they have. Like, Sasha, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bucks have this great, um, uh, they do these, film these clips where they, they pretend that they're WWE wrestlers before <laughs> before the games to get each other pumped up and they're like they're doing the body fake body slams and, they, and you know, they actually fully commit to this, like they're, like they're, re, like they're the rock or something, you know. Like they came <laughs> to us. They came to us and said, hey, Giannis and the Lopez brothers, uh, they had this crazy idea where just for like team chemistry, we'll pretend and for fan morale, we'll pretend to wrestle in the, and the whole, the whole fan, the whole fan uh, crowd ate it up immediately. Oh they love they it. They absolutely love it. But to see, to watch that, I understand what you mean by when you say this is the Bucks family, because that's the kind of, the essence of that is, is it should be in every team. And it's just not like you can see that all of those players are joyful to be there and they care about each other and they really like each other. What you actually yeah. have at the Milwaukee Bucks is something extremely special. I think that could be looked at from by any team, any, even corporate teams this is the kind of situation that you should have you know so that everybody is on the same side and that working towards the same goal you have much more yes. success when you like each other and you understand and know each other in that way yes and the front office people and the ownership 
or the governorship groups, um, they they do an exceptional job at not only making us feel like uh, us us as the uh, the production staff, making mm. us feel like such an integral part of the team. And they, they pay us rather well as well. So. Oh, I love hearing yeah. that. That's so love hearing that. You had all of this stuff happen with lockdown. How did that affect you? Like what happened? What was it like? March 12th, 2020, mm-hmm. um, when, the, when Commissioner Silver had said, okay, we're stopping it here. Let's just reevaluate everything. We had a game that very next day. And we did not work that game. And then from then on, other sports leagues started to coincide with the NBA and say, hey, let's just take it slow. Mm. Um, So there was a couple of months of just me at the house with the puppy. And um, the MLB did a phenomenal job. The Major League Baseball uh, did a phenomenal job of slowly reopening it. Because I mean, it's such a huge... Um, league. I mean, there's mm. what, 40 odd player, 30 odd players on each team, and yeah. you've got all that travel. So they were able to get us into the stadium to work around June. We were able yeah. to be safe and shoot a little baseball. And um, I would say concerts started to pick up around mid-July, August, and then Hmm. we had that second surge in mid-September because, you know, our phenomenal leadership at the top, you know, (laughs) he did such a great job of protecting all of us. Um, Yeah. I shouldn't laugh because it's actually hideous, but yeah, I know what you're saying. horrible, yes. Um, But I I will say that uh, what the, I think the NBA has been at the forefront of uh, setting the example for how to keep athletes and fans safe mm. for sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so what was it like um, getting like getting back to work must be so exciting. And and do you think how how close do you think we are? I mean, what's going on over there, Jacob? What's happening in, in Milwaukee? Are you open? You were saying to me before off air that your um, family members are teachers and everything's been on online learning since March. Are you telling me since March last year? So you've had almost a full year of of homeschooling. Yes, we are going. My mom is going and my mom and my stepfather are going on one year of homeschooling. And I just, I can't imagine how that is. Uh, yeah, we can tell you. Do you want to know? No, you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I would love to know, actually. <laughs> you know, you don't want to know. It's horrible. <laughs> you can probably hear my kids in the background today. I, one of them, one of them came and said hello with the camera before we started. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Adorable. So it is. It's crazy, and I guess we all have to be a little bit understanding of each other because you oh. know, even with such a job like this, you kind of, you know, if you have any idea how many times I've told my kids, please don't speak you know, I'm doing this particular thing and then you press record and bang, everyone needs to talk at the exact same time, <laughs> you know. Um, and so there has to be this understanding of everybody to understand that we're managing our families as well yes. as um, what's going on at work. But you must have missed it because it's that that vibe of the people that you must have missed so mm-hmm. much. I mean, it's so yeah. different but doing the job but not having the crowd there. Mm. Yes. Um, 
there was a it was a palpable difference with those first few days back shooting baseball there's nothing like having gone from being in a, a baseball stadium of 50 plus thousand mm. to it's you and 200 people working and most of them are inside the building not in the mm. bowl it's yeah. it's like a ghost town and um kudos to the NFL to the NFL for uh doing a pretty decent job of um allowing fans in at a at a at a spread out uh mm. vicinity and um yes but like you were uh, alluding to Sasha it's uh those first two years in television I mean, I mean being on stage is in front of people and being in the court in front of people it's like a you see all these happy faces it becomes almost drug-like like you're yeah, just yeah. making people smile yes. and then it's gone mm-hmm. it, it, it's coming back slowly but I'll, yes it'll be back in full there's drive. nothing like that energy you're, you're speaking to two professional speakers and we understand that you need that <laughs> you know you need that we need the, it, the audience you can't it's not the same on here when you're speaking to a mass mm-hmm. you know a, a massive amount of people so what would be some highlights from your working career with uh, with the bucks family and with the concerts that you've been doing what would you say were the moments where you're like oh, yeah that was awesome. yes i would say the night I met you folks, of course, I would also say there was a there was a uh, there was a few times while I was working baseball for the Brewers, um, while I was dressing up as the racing sausages, yeah. the kids would we would sometimes roam the concourse of the uh, stadium yeah. and kids would just run up to you and clamor all over you and ask you to sign their baseballs and their mitts and just that glow is of of their face is great um Mm. i had a moment with um one of the members of hansen backstage when he said the exact same thing alex said to me hey nice hair dude oh that's your um, trademark i've said this many times throughout my life i i might you know do trims and things get back of my neck whatever but in Mm -hmm. terms of length i'm never cutting my hair again yeah jacob's got a very very cool for everyone needs to come onto their the youtube channel and the website and check out the the clip of this um and so what about the what about the boys in the team you know what do you do they interact with you guys and you know what are they like when they when you yes oh goodness it it's it's incredible how, like, especially like even the even the superstars, like even Giannis will, you know, if he sees we've been there since six a.m. and you, we know it's going to be a long night, he'll, he'll come over to say hello. You know, how are you doing and uh, things like that. I've had extensive conversations with Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to do that. He was doing some warm ups and I was laying some table and he just we caught eyes and he came over and, um. There's also been um, times with the coaches, even the coaches will come over and they'll genuinely say, I mean, you, you guys make the team look great. And, and the fan, the fans love that. And that seat, that energy seeps into the team. 
So we appreciate all the hard work oh, you guys do. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. I love that. That really is. I love that. That our perception of what it, what it is like is actually is actually what it's like. You know, yes. from the top, yes. from the top down. Everybody's you know across, not the top down, the top across. I'm going to say because mm-hmm. there, everybody is the same there. It's amazing. Oh, Jacob, we just thank you so much for your time today. We, uh, it, what a beautiful insight into what's into. It's a sneak peek. We would not get this in Australia the NBA is so far away from us it's like we've got we've sent a couple of good you know decent players over there we've got Ben Simmons and we've had Bogut and we've got Bogut hey Milwaukee Bucks Mm -hmm. Andrew Bogut Mm -hmm. hello Mm -hmm. yeah so I'll tell you what though if there's ever another country or continent to get an NBA team I would say it would be Australia It, it, it wouldn't be I wouldn't reckon it would be an Asian country just yet I would reckon it would be some kind of Western Pacific, maybe New Zealand, somewhere yeah. down there. But yeah. I, next 10, 15 years, they, the NBA is looking to expand globally. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to tell my son to start stepping it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the, up for the Melbourne out. Tigers. Yeah. Melbourne Tigers. <laughs> oh, they're going to love that, Jacob. You wait till I, well, you wait till I show the, the directing stuff there. Um, I, I just... I've never been so taken with somebody so quickly in 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 a in a huge environment where you didn't have to do what you did and you you just made I, I cannot tell you the number of times it's weekly my boys will talk about you weekly and that experience honestly it's something that will stay with us forever and you know my husband doesn't get excited about anything the last time we got excited was when his um, football team won uh, the grand final in 1995 but that's the most (laughs) excited I've seen him and I've given birth to two children from that man so there you go that's how excited (laughs) (laughs) you're so high up on the ranks Jacob (laughs) so we um Please, please follow the Milwaukee Bucks on social media because when you look at that, that is my man Jacob, uh, Jacob's artwork that's going on there. And when you see the games, um, he is the one that is making firing that crowd up and getting them up onto the not Megatron Jumbotron and uh, <laughs> <laughs> making everybody feel happy. Jacob McCoy from the Milwaukee Bucks. We adore you. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And hopefully we'll see you back you. in America soon. Hopefully we'll oh, see you back yes. once the crowd is open back up. Sasha and I are sleeping at the airport and we will run like an Olympic sprinter to the plane when they open those up too. <laughs> We've got Very our passports good. waving, rest <laughs> believe. So, yeah. First person go, vaccinate us, get us out. <laughs> like, just what are you put it do? in just drip. Read, I don't care, just put it in. Right? Just get, get it out. in there, we don't mind. <laughs> and give Riley a big smooch from us as well, Riley the super. I will do that. All right. You're the best. Thanks, Jacob. All right. Much love. Much love. love We'll talk to you very soon. Sonia and Sasha. For real. You're listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for Real show. Now we have a very special guest because all of our guests are special and we didn't even have to stalk this one, Sash. We met him at an event, I think. Is that how it happened? Oh, we just found him. We literally just found him and said, You <laughs> on the are side of the street. Friends. You will be our friend. I think like, that's how we found him. Like, we just saw him and went, oh, we like you. Could you be our friend? <laughs> Once you're in the like, circle, very, very... you don't get out. That's no, it. No, no, no. Like Charlie in the chocolate factory. The real story <laughs> is that I was at the business meeting at the Intercontinental and you two girls were sitting there having a coffee too and you asked me, can you get me a coffee, I think? 
Oh, did no, we really? No, we didn't. No, no, you didn't. Oh, I, no. I played it up. I played yes. it up. You acted like you were a waiter. But there. You weren't a waiter because I said something and you said, yeah, I'll get you a coffee. And, and then I thought, oh, you're a waiter. <laughs> I played it up. Absolutely. Totally. And then we just All hung right. out with you. Didn't let Can you know. everybody please say a big, big, big hello to Greg Vales, super accountant, advisor, and has an accounting firm in Melbourne. We don't know anything about uh, accounting and financial figures, and he's just, well, he's actually an accountant with personality, he calls himself. So and please fun. welcome to the show, Greg Vales. Great to be here with you two. Fantastic. Oh. Love Look at you, you. You've, you've dressed up in a suit, you've got the hairstyle. I mean, you're always like, don't you, you just wake up like that, don't you, Greg? I do. That's it. This is how I get my normal day. I like to see what you look like in the morning. That's what I want to see. I want a selfie as you wake up with a hangover and see what you really, really look like. It's this. Of course it is. And it's a perfect flick of the hair. But if everybody who can't actually see this on radar, they do need to just Google you just to check you out on Insta and check out who you are. Now, Greg... We are struggling, okay? We have had the craziest year with COVID and business and jobs and insecurity and everything that we've had come at us. How, okay, how can an accountant actually help us in this really, really tough time that we've been through? Um, I think it's so important to, particularly in your business, um, in what you do, uh, is to reach out to your accountant. I mean, all of my clients um, I spoke to, uh, before the first lockdown, and I explained them what I gave them strategies on what to do, and that is to uh, keep their costs down, uh, be aware of their cash flow, and just uh, survive for about a six to eight month uh, as if no income was coming in, and just make sure that you could operate in that in that world. and And ninety five percent of them did that, and they survived quite quite well. Um, and others that didn't, we've, we've had to manage manage it. But it was just about understanding the environment. And what I did talk to all, a lot of them about is about the importance of diversification, also looking, maybe retraining and looking at other things that they need to be doing, uh, more more reliance on the technology and what, what um, the rest of the states are doing and global. So it's made people actually change the way they do business now. And, and, and if you look at... Uh, some people can look at it quite negatively. I looked at it very positively of how people can work in different areas and how we can make our businesses better and what we have to do. Um, and this is the changing world. Um, and we need to be able to adapt very, very quickly and on point. Did you actually find that as well as giving accountancy advice that you're almost a therapist as well? Well, most definitely. I mean, you know, you guys know that I'm on the chairman of Outside the Locker Room and uh, we look at uh, suicide prevention with Jake Edwards um, and that um, that was absolutely um, prevalent. In fact, I spoke to two uh, clients that were quite, quite well healed that had some really healthy, um, you know, mental health issues and they wanted to deal with them. We had breakfast and I was able to provide them with some limited knowledge I had but then was put them to a, a specialist to, to assist them. So there was a lot of that going on. Um, uh, and just also just listening, listening to people's uh, hurt. Um, and also those that were doing well also wanted to help those that weren't. So there was a lot of that as well. So there was some positivity come out of it um, in many ways. 
Explain this to me, Greg. I don't understand this, right? Everyone's saying that, um, you know, there's a lot of businesses businesses that are struggling, that, you know, we've, we went into a recession. Is that right for, for a period of time? Um, but then our clearance rates for real estate, their housing prices are going up. It seems like financially Australia seems to be quite fit at the moment. That's the message that I'm getting, and I certainly don't know what I'm talking about. But is that right? No, Sonia, really astute. I mean, we've been very, very fortunate in our we're a very very lucky country i know people keep saying we're in big in debt and everything but we are an extremely extremely wealthy and and um comfortable country and and i think also the morrison government i've got to give them some without being too political they've you know with the job keeper what they did so so quickly what how they've also put some infrastructure build and some structures in place I think it's been absolutely enormous. Also, to shut the borders the way that they did has helped and assisted us in so many ways. And we've now realised that we've got to try and be as self-sufficient as possible and be very, very strategic about what countries we can and can't deal with. And I think we've been very, very astute in that. Um, so our learnings uh, have... And, and this, it's it's... So what's happened too is people have um, saved their money. They haven't been travelling, they haven't been spending everything and then they realise, well, maybe I should buy another property or maybe I should do this. And um, there's been enormous fluctuations. I mean, I had a client that sold his uh, property uh, in Camberwell and uh, and all the families redirected to to Queensland. I mean, there's been all of this other uh, uh, shifts in people's uh, thoughts and whatever stages of their life they are. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's brought forward their plans. So we we make no doubts on you. We are a very very healthy and uh, fortunate country, um, mm. and we are going to get better and better and better. There's no question about it. Um, it's just that we have to work out uh, very strategically who we're going to deal with. What, what do you think the impact job? will? Yeah, I was about to say. What, what do you think the job keeper? Mm. Because, like, you know, mm. I feel like there are people going, "Oh, it's going to finish in March," and is it going to get extended? Yeah. Um, that people are getting really stressed about it. I just really yeah. feel like Look, the the fact that job keepers on the like almost the dangling the carrot in front of them. Well, job what's going to happen with that? Well, job keeping has been outstanding. It finishes at the end of March. There will be some um, some sectors that are going to feel it enormously and that is people like in the travel industry the tourism and hospitality Mm. particularly in victoria so Mm. governments are going to have to find some solutions for those areas Mm. that are that are very much exposed um Mm. and now they need to be selective in in assisting who they are and they need to prop it up that will be an issue Um, there's other employers that are saying well job keepers are paying now because people don't want to come to work i mean so that's why uh, there's a reason to end it and there's a reason then to be selective about the industries mm. that need it and and then maybe even propagate and put some more money into infrastructure, spend, put more stimulus uh, and create more jobs. But but basically uh, I think there's going to need to be some assistance to um, uh, those industries that are going to be quite hit and that's, of course, the tourism industry. Absolutely. And what do you think that we can do? Just just the average, you know, a person out there who's maybe got their own business or, you know, it's got because it seems to be we're, we're living in really uncertain times here, especially here in Victoria. We've just, you know, had that snap lockdown and, and we potentially could have more of these. We're in and out of this kind of situation. So what, what are some of the ways that we can help to protect our financial situation, um, you know, going forward in this environment? 
Well, I think, as I said to people, if you're running, A, if you're running businesses, I mean, just keep your war chest, you know, save your money, cut your costs, keep an eye on, mm. on how you're running your business, know where every dollar's going, um, mm. and just be run it lean until you <laughs> to, to, re, to be able to survive again. Um, and it's just being very strategic. You can understand your numbers, understand maybe what you have to maybe diversify, Understand whether your industry is going to be the industry that you have to stay in for some time. I mean, this is maybe a real time to check on where your future is um, and have a chat to the professionals about that. That's the hard bit because some people that are in an industry that they absolutely love now have to completely diversify or completely change, like within the tourist or hospitality industry, to think of someone that's got a great passion for it to then say, we have to just we have to move to somewhere else. That's heartbreaking in itself. It is, Ash. But I think what you could do is that maybe find that diversification for the interim to be able to survive and keep your foot in the door to be able to, because one of our, as you know, one of our best um, um, uh, industries is the tourism industry, and that's going to come back, and in um, the hospitality and the food, that's just going to, especially when we're all we're allowed out. Everyone was going to every restaurant that you could. We were really, mm. you know, and that's going to come back again. So just mm. try and manage uh, the situation for the time being that you can survive uh, for the period that you need to and also have another skill set just in case. Mm. Um, that's all. I mean, just just don't, don't give up on your dream. Can you imagine when they open the borders how tourism will skyrocket? Like literally you'll go from a zero industry to boom. There's all those people. Because you've got it like realistically we've got this um, group of people that have, you know, like people that have worked for the government or people that have been able to sustain their jobs the entire time. They've literally kept this, this, this whole country going all the time and been making money and they're not spending anything because they're not going anywhere, mm. they're just going to go, let's book every holiday known to mankind because now they've got money. Mm. And that's fantastic. And there's so much of Australia to explore. You know, you, you ever look at people, a lot of people haven't done, who are Australian, haven't done a lot of Australia. And yeah, it's true. a great opportunity for Australians to spend all their money in Australia. Do it. Be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it interesting how there's been some um, industries and some businesses that have just gone boom with this thing? Like, you know, it, it's it, they've exploded. Like I, I think just, in, just as an example, Australia Post was struggling severely, weren't they? They had to put the stamp price up because, you know, they were like no one's writing letters anymore, everyone's emailing everything, and then all of a sudden Australia Post, I mean, just the bloke that comes to my house is very busy, you know what I mean? So- <laughs> no, there's absolutely. And then this is right and there's some there's some people have done uh created opportunities i mean even like um uh, a client that owns a bakery in one of the suburbs it's gone through the roof because everyone's staying at home and going to get fresh bread fantastic his business gone through the roof you know that's wonderful stories there are there are those i mean um and we encourage that and foster that um so but it's about finding that balance and maybe as i said there are going there are going to be creation of jobs in different areas that are going to need it because especially when people aren't coming from overseas there's going to be more opportunities in that sense so people need mm-hmm. to think about maybe i'll go and do that for a bit till till this comes till yeah. this comes good i mean there is there's that 
Do you think yeah. you've had more clients that have had great stories than negative stories? Like when you hear right. of that bakery, do you yeah. just go, wow, like, you know, I've been hearing, you know, I've been working with that baker for years. He's bringing, he's making, you know, a hundred loaves of bread a day. That's what he sells. That's what he does. And all of a sudden he's like 500 loaves a day and, you know, like his business is <laughs> skyrocketed and all of that. And you just think, there was never, we could never think of how we could do this. And then this is something like this has come in and it's just been the greatest thing that's ever happened to it. Well, absolutely. There's another one. There's a there's another client of mine, um, Yarra Valley Gourmet Foods, and she's in the Yarra Valley, of course, and she does all these jams and um, all these exotic, um, uh, 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 you know, connoisseurs of uh, uh Chutneys. Chutneys, exactly. She's gone through the roof because people are cooking at home and uh, they're wanting mm. to buy all the condiments and the, and the products and everything. Mm. So there's been some magnificent uh, good news stories. So, um, uh, yeah, oh, look, I think the reason why I've, I've probably had a lot more good news stories is that um, my clients were listening to what I said and listening. I'm not just saying to me, but any professional, but listening to the right professional mm-hmm. uh, can assist you because you're they're great at what they do, at what they do, and the ones that are very good know what they don't know, mm-hmm. and the ones that know what they don't know really come in and get that expertise to know that they needed this understanding to survive, mm-hmm. and that's what got them. That's what gets them through. So that's the secret to having your business is knowing what your great strength is. So I don't tell a client how to sell their product. They know that better than me, but I'll tell them how to have all the infrastructures in place and how to diversify and maybe look at other strategic markets. And um, look, CEOs of of organisations come to me for advice because they need sounding boards because they don't have it within their own um, thing. So, and I tell it to them like it is. So that's that's what they appreciate, and I think, and they're smart enough to know what they don't know as well. Mm. So that's the key. Yeah, and you know what? We need to say thank you to all of our financial people and to the accountants out there because I know that you have all been working your butts off to save your clients' businesses, and I know that you know that we've got friends that are accountants as well, and they've been doing crazy hours just to keep everybody afloat. So we need to say thank you because I don't think people say that to you all. So thank thanks you. for thanks for giving us the great advice. Thanks for working so hard to make sure that we survive this whole thing and um, taking over the stuff that we don't know because. Uh, Sasha and I know that the calculator on the phone is our friend when you talk about numbers and that's about it. And, and the behind-the-scenes research that you've had to do, like you've had to learn all of these new structures that the governments are bringing in and what's happening. Yeah, that's so the right. minute something comes out, you've got to be on top of it to mm. understand it so that then when someone like us comes to you and says, explain it to me like I'm a two-year-old, you then mm. are able to explain it, you know, very, very easily and we understand it. But I'm sure that comes to you in a 100-page document that even you go, <laughs> what are you going on about, mate? You know what I mean? Hold on, hold on, and sometimes it's run, it's it's policy on the run, but I've got to tell you, they did a great job with the JobKeeper. They really did. I mean, they've saved mm. so many businesses and people should really, really understand that. And and look, and, and, at, and to a lot of my colleagues out there who've done wonderful jobs, like you said, Sonia, and they've done enormous hours um, and some of them haven't been able to um, to collect on those hours. Uh, yeah, true. Payment. If people aren't, so uh, there is. Yep. But always, just as a as a note, and I say this always that um, 
in industries, there's good and bad. So you've got to be vigilant about who's giving you the advice and how capable they are. And usually that's that's from the clientele that they have that's propped them up, okay? So just be careful. I mean, sometimes uh, not everyone's going to give you the right advice and be, mm. be conscious of that, and that's in any industry, as we know. Yeah. True story. Well, we love um, we, we love, love all of the information that you've given us today. We love you. You like the, you like the James Bond of accountants. You just, you just <laughs> you're Same so smooth. Day. Such a smoothie. We love you. Thanks, Craig Bales. Funky, gorgeous. You, got, you, do, you need to look. <laughs> whatever, whatever. If you're not going to get some financial advice from you, Greg, you need to check out your Insta because you are a hottie. <laughs> <laughs> we Greg love it. Bales, G R E G V A double L E S. Check him out on Instagram. <laughs> he is so cool, and you might actually get a little bit of financial advice in the background. But if not, you'll definitely know how to pump some iron at the end. Of <laughs> that absolute pleasure learning um this stuff from you and speaking to you and knowing from us we just want to say thank you because you've always been an incredible sounding board for us and that's just so important to have in your life to have such good friends so thank you so from Vale's accountants you need to check this guy out (laughs) (laughs) and i just want to thank you two beautiful souls i've been following you for a long time and love what you guys do and and really about the way that you operate with the kids as well and and what you have to offer the book um the substance of what you two do is enormous and uh it's not to be underestimated how many kids you're reaching to and saving so uh equally as as a as a great job guys well done that's amazing thanks lovely we appreciate you greg vales vales accountants superstar See you soon. Bye. <laughs> You're listening to Brimbank Live and Live FM. This is a Sonia Slash for Real Show. We'll see you soon. Sonia and Sasha for real. You're listening to Brimbank Live and Live FM. This is a Sonia and Sasha for Real Show. We have a very special guest. They're all special. And I don't even know how we got this guest. This is how special it is. Usually we stalk. We're very good. We're CIA level. Uh, but we, I don't know exactly how we've done this. This is over to Sash. So go, Sash. Tell us. Okay. So I get in an we've Uber. Got- I get in an Uber to go pick yes. up my car because my car breaks down. Get in an Uber. Uber driver goes, hey, how you doing? Like the friendliest Uber driver. <laughs> oh, five stars so straight cool. away. Five-star Uber driver starts chatting away, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing we're just chatting about our life. He says, what do you do? I said, what do you do? Da, da, da. He said, I'm thinking of starting, I'm trying to start up a podcast with one of my friends. He's done some stuff in the Olympics. Who's your friend? Me, Eddie. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, who's your friend? Straight away, I'm in the back stalking the friend right away. I'm stalking. I've made friends with the driver by the time I've got to my destination. I've made friends with him on Insta and his friend. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't get any more. I'm, I'm fast at these things, right, checking this guy out. And then I'm like, Sonia, we need to get this guy's full on. We need to get him on who, our show. Now, yes, of uh-huh. course. we need to tell you all about this guy because very actually very, very special. Like what this person has experienced and where they are now it's just so special. And when, like, I stalked slash, slash Googled him, um, <laughs> I was very, very inspired by it, okay? Oh. So his name, okay, I'm going to do my best to pronounce this, <laughs> is Negmadin mm-hmm. Peter Boll. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you back. He was born in Sudan. He fled from a civil war at four years old. He was taken to an Egyptian refugee camp at four years old. Then he migrated to Toowoomba. 
What are you doing? Yeah, he said. <laughs> then he migrated to Perth where he went to school and he met a teacher. So he was playing basketball. He was good at basketball. Then a teacher said to him, listen, buddy, I reckon you should give running a go. How about you try this 800-metre uh, thing going again? And guess where that took him? The Olympics. <laughs> we please give a massive round of applause to Peter Bond. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I love that. So there's a bit of that you did in person stalking. In person stalking, sir. In, in person, person, in an Uber, traveling. It's uh, it's that it, you've taken it to another level. I'm inspired by that. Peter, Are you okay with the fact that I stalked you in an Uber with your friend, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> it's the it's the best story. I'm all for those stories and experiences. So beautiful. Bravo to you. Oh wow. Well, yeah. you know, and then not just that, we stalked him every day. Can I have an interview? Da, da, da. Like, this was only a few days ago that I picked up my car. Do you know I think I've chatted to him every day. Are you free today? Are you free today? Are you free today? <laughs> so Peter, tell us about this incredible journey that you've had. Um yeah, so it's it's been quite an interesting one actually. It's been moving pretty fast at the same time. So as you said, uh, just to shorten it a bit, I was born in, in Sudan, obviously, so Sudanese background. Um, we located to Egypt and then Toowoomba, Perth, and now in Melbourne. So I'm used to moving quite a bit, which is, wow. um, which is cool. But I think um, starting track and field was, was one of the best things I did because um, I think I was an interview a while ago and I just got back from Monaco and they said, um, what's the best thing about running? Well, I said, if I wasn't, I wouldn't actually be visiting the rest of the world or yeah. all of that stuff. Like, I mean, the medals are great. The winning is great, but the experiences is like, it's awesome. Right. You get yes. to, um, you have to see the world, you get to meet new people and all that. So there's so yes. much to it outside of just running itself. So, um, I think that's, that's the thing that people don't really know because what I share is basically the running part. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're speaking like this in a personal level, then you get to know a little bit more which is pretty cool, I think. Ah, it absolutely is. And we're so fascinated. So can we go back, 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 back a little bit, back in the yeah. day? Um, take us back to Sudan and what are your memories of being there? And it sounded like you were only four years old when you left. Um, yeah, so so I, I think with that question is, I think it's more relevant to, um, I was actually quite lucky to be with my family. I've got a big family, uh, my parents. So they'd be remembering a lot more than I would. I mean, I was four, mm. so yeah. at a young age, you don't really have many problems or mm-hmm. you don't see too much. I think your parents do a great job of hiding all of that. Yes. And um, I mean, when I came to Australia, I didn't think I was any different to anyone else. I didn't think um, I had a bad life at all. I had a great I had a great life all coming up. Yeah. This so um, I think my parents, I guess, give credit to them. But yeah, I don't remember much, but and I haven't actually been back since I got here. So mm-hmm. do you want to go back? Yeah, 100%. I've been yeah. in South, South Africa and that was great just to be back in the continent itself. So mm. um, I guess now with COVID it's a bit hard, but yeah. that's, that's one of my goals to go back for like three months or so would be so pretty cool. What about the um, Egyptian refugee camp? Like, wow, that's um, that would have been an interesting experience. Egypt, Egypt itself, yeah, it's interesting, but... At the same time, it wasn't as big a change as coming to Australia because with Egypt, it's a neighboring country to Sudan. Mm. Um, so the language is the same. The culture is kind of similar. Um, the people are obviously different. But um, when you have to learn a new language as coming to Australia, you have to learn a completely new language. So Egypt was kind of a little bit easier 
for me anyways, but for my parents, I think it was a lot harder because they had to work pretty hard to try to get us out of there. Yeah. But for How me, long were you there? How long were you in the Egyptian refugee camp for? I was in Egypt for four years. Oh, so you spent from four to eight. So you would have some memories of being in the camp there. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. sorry, you came to Australia when you, so, sorry, well, yeah, did yeah, you come to Australia when you were four? No, so I left Sudan when I was six. Left, spent, yeah. spent four years in um, Egypt and then I was here by 10. Oh, okay. So you would actually have some strong memories from being in that in that camp. What was it like? Uh, yeah, it was cool. Um, I had my my brothers. I grew up with my brothers. So, I mean, we have good memories of just a lot of sports, a lot of playing around So, and school and all that stuff. So I think the most memory I had was just being with my, with my family because we we're pretty close and my brothers. How uh, many in your family? Yeah. <laughs> four, four brothers. And then one sister, but she was born here in Australia. Okay. Oh my gosh, so, so that's a big family. And that's four that, brothers. It, your parents, but we have two boys. Let me tell you, do we not look tired? Right. I'm thinking, you know, raising four boys, your parents must be exhausted. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I don't think it's an easy task. So, um, yeah, credit to them. And, and pretty amazing that you all got to be together and all leave the country together. I mean, you, you know, a civil war in Sudan is not, is not a pleasant experience to have. And, you know, there was lots of people that were lost to that war. Um, so being able to be together as a family is seriously a special thing, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's why when you look back, you don't really look at the struggle, you look at the I guess the good things and we, yeah. the good things as we all together. Uh, I really love I that. I, I love that you've said that it's such, that it was such a positive experience for you. Um, my son is in grade, it was in grade six last year and we read as a class and why say we, because we were homeschooling. So I was reading the damn book as well. Um, it's a long, called a long walk to water. And it was about a, a, um, a boy who was in Southern Sudan and was forced to leave. And he was the same thing, Egyptian um, refugee camp. He made it, you know, across the, across the Nile and got into the camp and then was relocated to um, to the USA, and you know it, it talked about you know just this the devastation that he experienced and losing his family members and you know being out and having to walk for days and days and days without water or food or any of these kinds of things. And I love that your experience, you know, your parents were strong enough and and you know and, and could hold it together enough to create like a, a a good experience for you. So when you think back about those times, it's not. It's not negative for you at all, which is amazing. Yeah. I think they were quite lucky. I mean, so many people are super unlucky and unfortunate. And I think we were one of the really lucky ones. And that's evident of being here right now. So so where do your parents live now? Um, Perth. Oh, they're in Perth. So then, yeah. uh, so you go to Toowoomba, okay. Now, everywhere <laughs> in Australia to end up Toowoomba is <laughs> like I don't, I don't think most... I don't think it's much of a choice. And, I mean... If it was Toowoomba or Perth, it wouldn't have been much of a difference um, for us being here firstly. It's just a completely new place. So yeah. I think I was kind of glad it was Toowoomba because it was, it was friendly. There was a lot of Sudanese there. So there was a lot of culture. Um, it was a nice place to start off with. I think if I was just stuck into Melbourne straight away, it would have been a huge difference. Yeah, of yeah. course. Toowoomba of course. was cool. Um, yeah. Was nice. Like a friendly country town where everyone says yeah. hello and, you know, tip nods yeah. their head as you walk past and that yeah. kind of thing. You know, that's a yeah. good place to be. That's that's a nice exactly place right. to start off in. So where did the um, the passion for running start? Where did that come from? I never I never actually had 
passion for running. Um, right. it, was, <laughs> it was something that I was, I was good at and um, I just pursued to be fitter because I figured like if I was fitter, I could play more basketball games. And I yeah. Could, yeah. And then um, I just happened to be good at it. And, um, and I just took it with the help of a teacher. So I did that. Oh, my goodness. And then you got so good at it that uh, you just happened to pop into the Rio Olympics. That's all, just the Rio Olympics. Like, tell us about what it takes to train and get yourself Olympic ready. I think every athlete has, like, um, a unique and different story um, for myself because I got to the Games pretty pretty quickly because I got to the Games within five years of starting the sport. Wow. So how old were you when you were at Rio? Uh, 22. Yes. Wow. What an experience. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about that. So, so, cause I got there, I was pretty inexperienced. I've never represented Australia in any other sports um, or any event before. It was my first mm. international team. And the way I got there was just by training and enjoying it. But then later on, you find out there's more than just training hard. There's like nutrition, there's sports psychology, there's um, physios and all that stuff. So mm. I was quite new. So it was, um, it was a huge experience for me at the start because I wasn't used to it. But now, four years later, I'm quite experienced. I've been to two world championships um, and I've been overseas since 2015 every year. So the experience yeah. is different. That's incredible. Wow. Tell us about what it's like to walk into the stadium at the at the Rio Olympics and what does that feel like? The village was my favourite because, I mean... Because um, oh, it's to... party. That's why yeah, it's, it's party, party central in the village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you know you're like at the auditorium no 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 whack me in the village yeah the village is it's quite an experience because um well one yeah there's there's massive parties and stuff like that which you're gonna get amongst and then two there's also every other athlete there that you've yeah. looked up to and being a basketball basketball fan like i saw patty mills i saw um oh, yeah. parker um clay thompson and wow. seeing all these athletes right there with you, uh, which is great. And then three, like I don't usually get too excited about food, but if it's free, it's quite exciting. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we, we feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the eating yeah, so, champions. Yeah, yeah. So, hang on. Well, so it was really good free food, was it? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And it's 24-7 and like vending machines that don't cost money. Like it was, it was quite Vending cool. machines that don't cost money. Yeah, oh, so you God. just press and they just come out. It's like... It's awesome. But then again, you can get, you can kind of get out of your shell and um, get pretty distracted pretty early, which I think I did. And which is fine because it was my first games. And, and that's why you got to be, no one jumps into the Olympics straight away. They go to world juniors, Commonwealth, and they learn those things. I just had the hard task of learning it at the Olympic games, which is not mm. a bad thing either. Hard task, ah. really tough. Really, oh, so, sorry, we feel bad <laughs> for you. Poor thing. What a good, what a good lesson. What a good Poor lesson. Thing. I went to the Olympic Games. I partied a little bit hard. I didn't do as well as I thought, but oh, my God, did I have the best fun ever. Like, like that's the story that you tell when you're really old. Did yeah. you win a medal? Like, did you win gold? Nah, but I partied so hard. Let me I tell you about this vending machine. Let me tell you about this vending machine that I <laughs> Let me tell you about everybody else that I was hanging out with. Like that, do you know what? Those, that's what life's about. Like that's yeah. what life's about, about feeling yeah. alive and feeling good and learning those experiences. Those other things, 
they're just for everybody but, else to see. These mm, are private mm. memories that you say, you'll never take <laughs> these away from me. And as yeah. time gets on and you get older and, you know, people put that pressure on you to, you know, get this medal or get this achievement, all of that, then you'll get less of the other stuff. So mm. good on you for getting the good stuff, we say. Of course. Um, and I was once, um, I did a school talk to a primary school. I do quite a bit of school talks and I was doing one with um, a primary school and primary school kids have so many questions. Yes, and, um, and one we know. Pops up his hand and he said, excuse me, so um, how many medals have you won um, in your time? And he's talking about like state medals, um, national medals and yeah. everything. And I'm like, I don't really know. And then he puts his hand up again. He's like, well, how many races have you lost? I said, I have no idea. And then he pops his hand up and I'm getting annoyed at this kid. He's like, how many, <laughs> <laughs> how many races have you won? I said, well, I have no idea. And then that was a great lesson because um, moving from Perth to Melbourne, like all the medals I had, I never, I never got them. I never took them back with me. And yeah. I don't even remember how many races, wins and losses that I've had, but I do remember all the experiences, like the vending machine, um, <laughs> you know, the, the food courts and, and meeting people. So the experiences are actually yeah. like the main things. Ah, absolutely. It's only when you grow up and when you (laughs) understand life that you understand that that's the essence, that's the part that really makes you feel good. And to be able to talk to you and to have that stuff and to have these incredible experiences and then you take it back to basics and you go, it was the vending machine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you just go, this person's real and down to earth and honest and humble and remembers where they come from because nobody gets a free vending machine. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and we all know how much we have to beg our parents for money to put in the vending machine. Like, you know, I would, my mum would never have given me money to just go, go in the vending machine. So if I had a free one, I'd be to, my childhood would be getting all of that feedback, you know. Um, Okay. So now let's talk about the fact that you were going to Tokyo Olympics and then that got cancelled. How did that feel? Uh, that was, I was actually excited and I was probably in the best shape leading up to it. Um, starting the season early in about Jan, I won every race that I got into and um, it was looking good for the Olympics. And then it got postponed and, you know, the emotions, you know, it's normal because um, it's supposed to like be, you're supposed to kind of hurt a little bit because you've trained for a while. But then you realize it's like, well, oh, I didn't miss out on the Olympics by myself. Like everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's obviously, um, it's a bigger problem. It's a world problem, and it's um, and we kind of get it on top of it. So it's not about us anymore. It's about everyone, and that kind of keeps you at peace. Mm. And if you're at peace, then it's okay. But there's a few mistakes, you know. As soon as that got postponed, I went to Perth and I just stopped training for about two weeks and two weeks. I stopped. Tra- yeah. Oh, training for could you imagine and... if we stopped training for two weeks, Sonia? Nothing would happen. <laughs> Nothing would change. <laughs> I just spent time with the family, which is great because um, if it wasn't, I don't think. I mean, last year was the most time I spent with my family since I left. So I mean, mm. there was good, good things with it too. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, I think if the Olympics ha- don't happen again this year, you know, if you learn anything, is to keep training through. I mean, you just got to be fit, whenever it's ready or not. 
Um, it's so refreshing to speak to somebody who's just got a completely different take on being a professional athlete. Like I just love because every time that we've spoken to anybody, they're like, you know, and you hear in the media, you listen to the interviews, they're like, right, they know exactly what they've done. They know exactly how many races, they know exactly how many seconds, they know, you know, like all of the, oh, and I've got to train this and It's just you're so different, Peter, because you've got this really cool, it's going to be okay. It'll be all right, you know. If it happens yeah. this year, then then it's okay. I'm still training. I'm still having a good time. I know that in Tokyo there's going to be, you know, amazing vending machines, so I'll get there eventually. It'll be all right, you know. Like this It'll is a really different sushi. attitude. Sushi yeah. vending machines, they will, like, blow your mind. You'll be oh able to God. get anything you want. I'm telling but you. Teriyaki. But, yeah, <laughs> there must be all oh, gyoza. I know. <laughs> We've just got on it. <laughs> you imagine, Sonia, could you imagine? Or a bronze. Come on, Sasha. <laughs> like, we could just go. I'll have that salmon teriyaki with a couple of yeah. on the side. Beep, beep, yeah, beep. D5, D5. Yeah, <laughs> it comes. And I love so, it. Sorry. We're, we're, we're very, can sorry. you tell her a little bit hung up on the whole vending machine <laughs> idea? Love, yeah. No, but this is really different. Now, what about this attitude of this this um, athlete psychology? You're a runner, so you're by yourself. So your brain, your belief in yourself, your, um, you know, different voices that will be talking to you as you're running along plays a really important role, I would imagine, in how well you're going to do in this sport. So how do you get all those things in line when you're essentially you're out there, you're by yourself. It's not a team thing. It's all about your your psyche, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think uh, the best way is if you prepare pretty well, um, you reduce a little bit of nerves. And at the same time, I think if you've over-prepared or you kind of get a little bit too stressed or a bit too nervous, um, and I think the best the best thing with that over the years I've realized is um those are normal, like nerves are normal and everything. Rather than trying to avoid them, is just to learn to control them. Uh, and controlling comes with experience. So um, you know, the first year, first three years, you know, I'm getting more nervous and more nervous and more nervous. But like fifth, sixth year, the nerves are reducing. I'm getting more confident, more experienced, training a little bit more, racing a little bit more. So experience is number one. Um, two is intentionally trying to work to it so intentionally trying to control your nerves and mm. working on other mental stuff you know there's the internet's probably your best friend you don't even need to see a sports psychologist so you can search stuff and apply them if it doesn't work then just try another thing and if that doesn't work and whatever works you just write it down and try it so you just i guess trial and error really there must have been so many athletes that were absolutely crushed and probably even experiencing some sort of depression from the fact of COVID and Tokyo not going ahead. You know, we've, we've been fortunate enough to meet some athletes and understand the things that they've experienced when they've lost or they've not got to be able to be chosen in that team or something and, and what the effects of that is. So the fact that you're completely on the other side where you're like, okay, I get it, it's a worldwide thing, I understand um, I think that's going to be a great foundation for you when mm. finally Tokyo does actually go ahead and yeah. it's going to be that less pressure for you when you are actually running. Like it's almost like you're in balance and you're running without all that stress, whereas other people would have the stress of that and they've got their family and their coach and all of this stress on top of them and that's the conversations that they have in their mind when they're, you know, competing rather than almost going with your true inner soul self. What do you think yeah. of that? Well, well, one, um, the, the, the truth is it's, 
if it's not under your control, then I mean, we can't really do much about it. But at the same time, I think too, everyone is in a different boat. So you have, I know some athletes that um, maybe that's their last Olympics. So it's kind of devastating that they peak. So, I mean, if I was on that boat, it would be kind of different. And um, mm. there's other athletes, you know, that are planning to have babies and families. I mean, that's another, another factor. So I don't think my approach is the best or anything. I just think um, everyone's in a different boat and everyone needs to deal with it the way they think is best to deal with it. Mm. Um, and for me right now, because it's, I'm still quite young. And so it's probably, that's why it's not hitting as hard. I can mm. still train through um, if it's happened next year. But if you're like, that's your last Olympics and you are peaking for it, then I can understand. Mm. So I guess you take time and, and process it really. You've just what, got it all what, in front of you. You've yeah. got it all in front of you. And so you can, you can, there's nothing but positives to look forward to really. What's, what do you say to yourself when you're at the starting line? At the start line? Uh, I don't say much. I'm kind of quite calm. I get nervous before. And then when I get to the track, it's just like calm, which is yeah, cool. Um, very cool. And it's just like, I'm ready to go, you know. Um, I'm generally not nervous. Uh, when I get to the track, it's like, all right, I know where I'm at. It's time to get to work. Um, and then you just you just kind of say to yourself, um, you just warm up and you do normal things. If you're listening to music, you lyrics or something like that. But I just like to be like calm and in the moment, not to think about anything because in that in sport like athletic if you think too much especially when you're racing that's like half a second you're you're wasting and half a second is between first and fifth so you got to be just on like in the zone um make moves when you can and and not even think about it it's got to be automatic right so you just let your training and your body take over at that point in time there's no one's talking to you in your head it's just I uh, try. it's just My i know what to race. do my best races is when I've done that. Really? And then yeah. my probably my worst race is when I've just overthought it and was overthinking. It was like, should I move here? Should I make this move? And by the time I've made that decision, someone's already made it and you kind of boxed mm. it. Yeah, got you, got you. So you're like in a yoga yoga kind of zen state <laughs> when you're running. Like, I mean, that's what that's what the yogis are after are telling us to do is like have a zero going on in your quieten <laughs> down the chatter and just yeah, you've got it. That's something your like, best race is when you're a yogi. It's something like, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't have anything to call it, but now I do. So, yeah. You're welcome. Oh, Please you take it. Please take it. You <laughs> just have to credit me. That's all. <laughs> Sonia and I have said that on our gravestone, it's going to say she finally let it go because we're going to be like, just let it go. Just let it, <laughs> let go. it go. But it's one of the things that my mum would always say to me is that, when you're at that moment and you've done everything that you possibly can to prepare and the opportunity has shown itself, you then have to let it go and allow your body and your and your mind to do what it's been training to do and then mm. let it go, let the result go because exactly. that's you've just done everything that you can possibly do to here and, you know, we try that to practise that stuff, but the fact that you've got it so early in your life and in your career, in your athlete, you know, um, your professionally athlete career, just says where you're going and um, the fact that, you, that you'll be able to mentor so many people after that because there's almost, you know, once you've got there, there's this other part of going after my career's over to be able to teach this mindset because that mindset can take you absolutely anywhere in life. Mm. Thank you. 
Oh, I think You're it's incredible. A special human being. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely special human being because to, so people spend a lifetime trying to get it and they don't get mm. it. And for you to have got it and notice when you lose it and when you get it just shows that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And people will be attracted to want to be around you because of the energy that you give off. Mm. Sonia, we must be doing good energy because look what we just picked up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, think I think we're pretty good. But you know what I love? I've been watching. Have you been watching any of the tennis, Peter? Have you been seeing any of the Australian Open? Yeah, yeah, I was watching a few of them. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I've been watching um, Nick Kyrgios, and he <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, you know, to me, I think that we just don't have enough characters in sport anymore. We don't have any, you know, silly, funny. You, you know, having a, clearly having a, a good time. Like everyone's so serious and so staunch about it. And here comes this dude who's peeing himself, laughing on the court with his doubles partner, and who is yelling out crazy stuff while he's playing. And to us. I mean, to a lot of, the, you know, the staunch Australians out there who watch sport, oh, that's not right and it's not <laughs> correct behaviour yeah, and tally-ho. To me, I think he's amazing. And I'm like, bring on those people who do handstands and crazy stuff. I want to see that. Mm. And I want to see people who've got the attitude like you have. You have a good time. I'm a young man and I'm all right. I'm doing really well with this stuff. I'm going to see what I'm going to have a great time while I'm doing it. And that is so evident. And you know what? We need more people like you in the sporting world to make us smile every day is my vibe. We are going to keep following you. And you mm. know our level of follow. It's practically stalker. And I'm going to keep <laughs> following your friends and all of their friends. And, you know, before you know it, we're coming over for Christmas dinner in Perth with the family. Right? <laughs> we're all going to Toowoomba just to feel the memories. Um, <laughs> you know, we please let's just stay in touch because it's just going to be I can't wait to watch you. I can't wait to watch you grow. And it's just an absolute honour to have, to have you here you know, in front of us. and um, Thank you so much you. for having me. Please um, don't forget us, okay? No, thank you. It's been great. It's a lot of fun. It's really nice <laughs> show. Oh, well done. That is uh, Peter Boll, who is going to be representing Australia at the Tokyo Olympics whenever they happen, and <laughs> we will be all over that <laughs> this year, next year. When we're 65, who cares? We don't care. Yeah. As long as we can get some teppanyaki in D4 in the spending machine, <laughs> we'll be all right. All right, this is the Sonia and Sasha for Real Show. We've just had the incredible Olympic runner. Peter Boll, and uh, we will see you after the break. Boom Bank Live, Live FM, Sonia Sasha for real. Sonia and Sasha, 